what is the password? <laughs> Thirst. Welcome to the people under the scares. Welcome back to the People Under the Scares podcast, where we talk about everything scary, spooky, and disturbing, and horror. This is Bobby. And this is Mike. And today, we are on the second week of our Christmas horror, uh, I guess, discussions. <laughs> yes. Um, Christmas season. Yeah. Yes. We love it, you know? Um, Mike, are you in the Christmas spirit, holiday spirit, I should say? Not really, and I do recognize Christmas is right around the corner. It hasn't hit me yet. It hasn't snowed, so I think that's really what it is. Yeah. So hopefully we get snow before then. I don't have a tree, um, and this isn't Halloween, so there's no rules like that. And, um, yeah. Oh, you lucky. Because Krampus, he works in different ways. But imagine if Krampus worked the same way Sam did. Then I think a lot of people would be in trouble. More uh-huh. so than Halloween. First of all, they're expensive, them trees. I don't want to <laughs> clean all that shit up. And uh, we always thing. used to have the ones where they'd be too tall. So <laughs> the top would be tilted over. <laughs> and so you got to make sure they don't fall. You got to tie it with a string at the top to another area in the room so it don't fall over. And then you got to sweep up. Only thing I like about it is pine cone. That's about it. The okay. Pine. I love the smell of pine. And my family was, um, they were people that got real Christmas trees every holiday season. And I'm just so used to that. Since living on my own, I probably got maybe three real Christmas trees. Um, And I was going to get one this year, but I just got lazy and just didn't have the time. So, like you, I'm trying my best to get in the Christmas spirit, but I'm not feeling it this year too much. But I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do want the snow. I'm hoping it snows this week. And maybe last minute I'll put up my Christmas lights around the house or something. Even though it's too late. But I mean why not? That's another thing. Who wants to do all that? Me. Me. I love it. <laughs> you wanna take all that shit? First of all, okay, how long I don't do you mind. keep Christmas decorations up? Until after, after. New Year. Like, I'll keep it up until New Year, and then it'll probably be, like, I won't take it down on New Year's Day, but I'll take it down, like, that week of. That's pretty quick after. Yeah. I'm thinking, like, Valentine's Day, a little before that. Oh, no. Because I'm not one to decorate and go to the extreme. Like, when I decorate, it's very simple, so it'll be easy for me to take down. Um, with the Christmas tree, it is a little bit more because I typically like big Christmas trees and I like to just go in decorating them, but I don't mind. I'm the type of person, if you did it and you put it up, you can take it down and I don't mind taking it down. I just put on some good music and just 
take the shit down. I don't care. Ooh, that's a good idea. Put on some Christmas music to take it down. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> um. Put on a good horror movie behind, you know. Yes, put some horror music. Put spray some pine spray from Target. <laughs> or get, get the plugins. Well, the plugins. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then cuddle up to the movies and shit. That's Christmassy enough, I guess. It is. I love it. And you have to buy yourself something. Oh yeah, of course. Um, but I ain't doing any of that this year. Um, I didn't decorate. I didn't get a tree. I'll probably buy a tree. I'll buy a fake Christmas tree when everything goes on sale after the holiday and use it for next year. Or just get a real one. You never know. Yeah. Get one of them little baby real ones. I don't know. I like big, full Christmas trees. Mm. Like they have okay. to be full, like really wide and big. <laughs> I'm not a size queen on Christmas trees. I promise you. Wide and big. You like them heavy, y'all. Okay. Um. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I like a full tree. Um. With the fake trees, the only thing is, it's almost like putting a tent up. You got that one I remember we had, um, just like instructions. So you have them, they're labeled by color, I think. And then you got to like match them up on the little the rod. And then yeah. you got to open it up and fluff them out and shit. And then you got to make it look full. Yeah. I remember as a kid, I used to, ha- we used to have one of those. Um, my grandmother used to get a fake tree every now and Well, she had one in the basement when she didn't feel like getting a real one. And it was the same exact one. Like she, it was. The, it would be the color tips, and you have to match them to the the pole, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you have to bend it and fluff out yep. the little needles and stuff. And it was interesting. But that, I used to get poked all the time. I used to hate it. <laughs> so he says. Um, <laughs> we on a roll today. Um, <laughs> I do have a question. What's up? Do you think vegetarians get Christmas trees? Like, isn't that against their moral code? Vegetarian. Wait, I'm lying. They eat it. What the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> I was trying to be a smart ass. Never mind. Forget <laughs> I said that. <laughs> it's cruel. What that was my point. It's cruel. They're holding the trees hostage. Those are plants. <laughs> That was my point, but I, I fucked it up. Never mind. Um, okay, so we're just going to skip that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's pretend that didn't happen. Well, I hope everybody out there is having a nice holiday season so far. Watch all the horror Christmas movies or non-Christmas movies. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys are not being too, spending too much money on gifts for everybody because, I mean, not everybody deserves them. And um, I learned as I got older that um, it's oh, it's every once in a while you have to realize that, like I said, not everybody deserves a gift. And me, you, me, and you were discussing uh, how we just buying certain people gifts, and that's it. Back in the day, I used to just try to buy everybody and feel felt bad mm-hmm. if I didn't get somebody a gift. Now. Right now, I just get gifts for my mama and my boyfriend, and that's really it. Yeah, <laughs> and my dogs. 
Help me, I'm poor. That's it. (laughs) Not even that. Just like I don't. You don't need anything. Like we're true. I don't like you enough like that. (laughs) Okay, say you don't need anything. That sounds better. (laughs) That sounds better than that. You have to finesse it, Bobby. Jeez. When this episode come out, it'll be the week of Christmas Eve. Um, the week before Christmas, right? Yeah, it'll be the Monday before. I think Christmas is Saturday. So it'll be that week. Yeah, it'll be later this week. And Christmas Eve is Saturday and Christmas is Sunday. So... I need to look and see what days I'm off because they better not try <laughs> and play these games with me because I'm not coming in Thursday and Friday. <laughs> I'm dead ass serious. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have to, but I will not be at work on uh, Christmas Day, obviously. I know, because what we're going to do, I'm going to call in pretending to be Billy. I'm calling <gasps> into the <laughs> job. You should. And I'm going to scare them, and then they're going to let everybody out. Okay, I'm here for that. I'll lick it, lick it, lick it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon? Hello? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to go further. He was saying a lot of shit. Oh, yeah. He was saying a lot of perverted stuff. But we'll get into it. But before we start talking about this movie, uh, would you like to play a quick trivia game? Of course. Holiday horror. And I'm going to win. I always have the game. Let's go. All right. So, number one, how fitting. Oh, God. Bob Clark's Canadian holiday horror film was regarded as the first slasher film release. Which cast member from the original star in the remake of Black Christmas? Is it Margot Kidder, Andrea Martin, Olivia Hussey, or all of the, all, all of the above? Well, considering I did my research small amount for this episode that would be andrea martin mm-hmm. playing phil who yes. i believe isn't that the lady from my big fat greek wedding too uh, yeah I believe what do you mean he don't even know meat that's why i remember her <laughs> face <laughs> um yes that is the correct answer it's andrea martin who i love she was one of my favorite characters in this movie, actually. Um, okay, number two. I guess I'm giving you these questions. Uh, <laughs> I'm, te- <laughs> I, I'm testing you out, I should say. I can um, ask you some from my cards over here, though. Okay. You can you do, do it that, that way. Yo, oh, sure. Let's go back and forth. All right. Tagline, the night he came home. Name the movie. Oh, come on. Halloween. <laughs> you should have skipped that one, bro. I should have. What, what's your next one? <laughs> In which holiday film would you find a man dressed up as Santa Claus yelling the word naughty? But he don't say it like that. Is this I'll multiple choice? Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> See, he trying um, to cheat already. <laughs> all right. So, A, Silent Night, Deadly Night. B, Nightmare Before Christmas. C, Twice the Fright Before Christmas, and D, Slasher Unwrapped. I don't, I don't. Ooh. 
I would think you would know this one, bro. I mean, uh, I've only heard of one of these. Let me ever and the I feel like it's not again. that one, but... I'll say the question again. In which holiday... Phone? I would like to phone a friend. Okay, call somebody. <laughs> we should do that. Uh, but yeah, in which holiday film would you find a man dressed up as Santa Claus yelling the word naughty? Silent Night, Deadly Night, mm-hmm. Nightmare Before Christmas, No, Twice the Fright Before Christmas, and Slasher Unwrapped. The first one, I guess. Silent Night, Deadly Night? You are correct. Okay. <laughs> Stressing me out. Okay. It was all those random titles. I had never even heard of that. Yeah, me neither. I think some of them is probably made up. I don't know. How does Michael Keaton's character attempt to contact his deceased wife? Oh, I need to catch my breath. In the 2005 film White Noise. Oh, I don't remember. White Noise. How does he try to contact his wife? Mm-hmm. She's dead. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, in hmm. White Noise, um, I don't remember this movie. It's been so long since I've seen this. So I'm going to say this is not multiple choice. I have to just guess the answer. Yeah, these aren't multiple choice. Okay. I'll, I'll give you, okay, I'll make my own up. Cell phone, email, Carrier pigeon or EVP? And obviously, EVP is the when people, the investigators use to detect ghosts and all that shit, right? Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it that? It is. Because <laughs> <laughs> it'll be simple, our email. Uh, and that movie came out so long ago. And I think people were using email then, but it wasn't. Like, why would he try to contact her through email if she's dead? Yeah, I couldn't think of other... <laughs> Carrier <answers>. pigeon? <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Um, okay. <laughs> Number three. Yes. Uh, possibly the only sem- semi-famous person to come out of this 1996 winter-themed horror film was Shane Elizabeth. What film was it? <gasps> oh, God. Oh, God. Santa Claus... This. Christmas Jack Evil, Jack Frost, and don't open till Christmas. Yes, it's Jack, Jack Frost. Frost. <laughs> I was to say, you better get that, because we did this <laughs> last year. Yes. She's screaming in the tub. This fourth one is going to be so easy. Oh, my gosh. But I'll... I'll we'll see. No, it's, no it's, it's really easy, but go ahead. An investigator ends up on a Scottish island where the inhabitants have an unhealthy obsession with sexuality in this 1973 film. Is this a movie that you... I'm asking, I'm getting hints because there's no multiple... That's fine. Um, Is this a movie that you really enjoy? It is. If I were naked right now, I'd be writhing up against the wall singing. That's another hint. Singing. Is this a movie that has to do with, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, not cult, but, uh. You're getting warm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't, 
I'm drunk, y'all. It's just a different lifestyle, I guess you could say. Was this movie remade? <laughs> it was. Is it The Wicker Man? It is. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> and if y'all don't know Wicker's Wicker. Oh, fuck. I just forgot the damn song's name that fast. It just went out of my head. And then I was going to say The Whisper Song, but that's Yin Yang Twins. That's not the name of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's a person's name. It starts with a W. Something song. It's the the scene where she's naked and she's like banging against the wall and singing. Willow song. Willow song. Go ahead and YouTube that scene. I love it. Okay. (laughs) Okay, number four. This is going to be incredibly easy because we just discussed this. Gizmo the Mogwai appeared in what 1984 film? This would be <laughs> Gremlins. Yes, yes. <sighs> All right. Why did How many do? did we do? <laughs> what fictional drug used to suppress dreams was featured in Freddy vs. Jason? And... <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> yes. Okay. Michael, Santa's Slay star which professional wrestler in this in the title role? Stone Cold Steve Austin, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Bill Goldberg, or Chris Jericho? We did oh. this movie last year too. Okay, there's two in my head that look exactly alike. They're bald. It's not The Rock because this man is white. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin or Go? Ooh. Oh, fuck. Which you don't remember our episode and I was just like fancying this person. I was hyped over them. I... Ooh, they look a lot alike. Um, Is this a trick question? Are these the same person? No. One is sexier than the other. Even though they're both hot, but one is way sexier than the other. And built, more built than the other. <sighs> you said this was easy. No, that was Grimlin. Um, this is easy. We we talked about this episode. I don't remember. Go, go. Okay, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was in The Condemned, I think. He was in a horror. Is it Go? It's Goldberg. Correct. Bill okay. Goldberg. Yes, my boo. What does the green liquid contain in the 1987 film Prince of Darkness? One of oh, my personal faves. I'm not going to get this. I watched the movie. I don't remember. I'm just being straight up. I don't know. You said well, green. They... Mm-hmm. They're trying to stop something. Is it or dead? someone. From <laughs> who framed Roger Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Hmm. It's a powerful force. Ivan Zeus. What? No, but that would be funny. <laughs> I don't know. What's up? What is it? The essence of Satan. That is too long. I don't like that. <laughs> you get, I would have accepted Satan as. Oop. Let me rephrase that. I'm not a religious person by any means. <laughs> I don't want that to. Be, I, I better not wake up after this in the middle of the night and he, he look over me like you signed your name in this book. I don't want to hear it. That was an accident. 
I'll send ball. Uh uh-uh. uh. That's all you. You know what? You're right. That is all me. That's all you. That send me the angel. Me. Send me the angel from Legion. I don't want ball at all. No. <laughs> all right. Well, one of the other questions were I mean, we're going to go over which, uh, which film in the Alien series was set in Antarctica. Do you know that one? Alien vs. Predator. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one set in Borough, Alaska. What 2017? I mean, 20 30 Days of Night. Yeah. Because you didn't know. <laughs> yes. I'm living. The Thing, 1982, set in the Chile Antarctic scientific camp, starred which actor? Jeff Goldblum, Bruce Campbell, <laughs> Tom Skerritt, and Kurt Russell. Kurt should, Russell. Yeah. You should have put that one up top. I know you're That's a, a holiday movie. movie? I guess. I guess because snow. The snow. 30 Days of Night is not a holiday film, but I guess because of snow. Mm. I see. Interesting. But yeah, okay. those were the other ones. Well, that was fun. I think it's a tie. Yeah, I don't even know who won. I was just doing this for fun. I don't fun. either. <laughs> well, if y'all were playing along, let us know which ones you got right and wrong. Don't cheat either. Mm-mm. Hit us up. I'm at Thackeray Banks 86. He's Bobby Torres with a Z. All right. So we are talking about Black Christmas 1974, directed by the awesome Bob Clark, who also directed Porky's and A Christmas Story, which have some similarities with each other here, even though A Christmas Story is not a horror film. But Bob Clark has a thing with eyes. I will say that because you shoot your eye out, kid, and they're always focused on that. And mm-hmm. on Black Christmas, they always center on Billy's eye most of the Which- time. Loki is like the creepiest part of this whole movie to me. It's just his eyes. Really? Which means it's well done. I think it's his eyes. I think it's all Billy. Like, just the eyes. When you see him, you just see half of his face. Mm-hmm. And then obviously him saying those things over the phone and him switching up his voice. He's very talented. I will say that. Now, I know this isn't supernatural, but I was wondering, like, how the fuck is he doing all these voices at the same exact time? That's what I'm saying. He is super talented. Maybe he's like, you know, an identity was multiple personalities. Maybe he has different people in him. That's probably exactly And they're all talking at the same time or some shit. There's that. And it was one point when I was watching this movie where I felt like he was fighting himself in the sense where... He was telling himself to stop doing this, but then all of a sudden it reverted back to some of the same crazy shit. So maybe there is a part of him that's trying to stop, but like you said, he's like the character from Split where he got these different personalities and they're all just fighting to come out and he just doesn't know how to control it. Or a part of me thinks that Peter is working with Billy on all of this. And it's a scream oh. situation. I never thought of that. Okay. Because Peter was doing the most in this he movie. Was. Just Don't be mad at me because you can't play the piano, ho. <laughs> it wasn't that. And he's just going to try to blame it on Jess while he fucked up on his fucking uh, recital, whatever the hell it was. That wasn't Jess's fault. Like, yeah, she could have waited for the news, but you're a grown-ass man. You still should have came through and worked that. Don't blame it on her. He got on my nerves. But yeah, I think them two working together, Peter and Billy. 
Okay. Um, so let's see what this came out in '74 mm-hmm. in Oh Canada. Yes, you could definitely tell this is a Canadian film. <laughs> yeah. Two years. That movie is gonna be fucking fifty years old. Fifty. Wow. Oh my gosh. This is wild. Where is time? So that means what that is Exorcist it? is going to be fifty soon as well. Oh, the geez. Exorcist came out in nineteen seventy-three. Alien, Alien came out in the seventies too, right? Yeah, it came out like later seventies. Oh my! And it's crazy because these movies still hold up. They do, and there are the inspirations for a lot of movies that we're getting now, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, speaking of that. Let's, let's talk about Black Christmas as far as being the inspiration for the movies that came after. So, Black, I'm not saying Black Christmas is the first horror movie ever, but this obviously inspired movies like Halloween and My Bloody Valentine, and you know all those hollow I said Halloween, all those holiday holiday themed uh, horror films, but especially Halloween because for one, you have the point of point um, POV shots. Where in the beginning of Halloween, my old Michael Myers is, you know, going inside the house and he stabs his sister in the titty and all that fun stuff. And you get the same thing in Black Christmas where you see Billy climbing up the house, opening the window. It's a POV shot, which is pretty awesome. It's, I So even the Halloween shot, I felt like it was still kind of steady, mm-hmm. even though it was his point of view with this, with Billy. It felt very rigid, like a realistic perspective from the killer. Like I felt like I was following a crazy person, looking right. around and shit. Because they use a steady cam for Halloween. They had like a new camera, and they that's the way they wanted it to be. Uh, but I do, pref- if we're going to talk about POV shots between the two, I'm going to say Black Christmas only because what you said it seems more realistic. Like cause mm-hmm. it seemed like we're actually following a person, and you actually get to see. Like we're seeing Billy climb up, you see his hands, you see him open up the window, you see him doing those movements, and you see a little bit of that with Michael Myers when he's reaching in the drawer and getting the knife, and then he's stabbing his sister, and you see him look at his hand as he's doing it. But it's something about Black Christmas version where it's just creepier. Very. Yeah. I think Halloween needs. You need to see Michael Myers because the just his whole aesthetic. This works because you don't really see the killer ever at all, and you don't need to. Um, I would argue you need to see Michael Myers. I I will say no, because no. <laughs> In Halloween, we when we did see Michael kill, um, well, let's just talk about Michael in general. We've seen him, but. If you think about that movie, we always see Michael Myers from a distance. It was right. never up close. We only start seeing, and so you couldn't really, really tell what was going on with Michael, um, or it was always from behind him, or you see him hiding behind something, or you see him in the shadows. True. We didn't really True. see Michael up close in person until the very end of the movie, which was great. We didn't probably need to see that, but I think that's what make it what made it different than Black Christmas. Where Black Christmas. You seen Billy when he was on top of Barb on one scene before he kills her, but it was just his eye. And if you brighten up your TV a little bit more, you might see a little bit more of him. <laughs> but you you see that, and you see like his hands, obviously, but they focus more so on his eye. 
question. Mm-hmm. How do you think the Lori Chase scene would have hit if when he's coming across the street and shit, it's a, but it's from his perspective, getting closer to Lori while she's banging oh. on the door versus us just seeing him walk yeah. towards it. I, would, I probably would like that. And that probably would actually be more, I don't know if it would be more scarier. Hmm. Because, I don't know, because we are seeing it from Michael's point of view. So I don't know how scary that would be. And I don't know if we will, we will be rooting for Lori if we're seeing it from that point of view. But I do want to see that because that seemed like it would be pretty cool. And I want to see how, why, how, first of all, I want to see how fast he like caught up <laughs> to her because that was too quick. It would show him jogging over to her. That is the wrong movie. That is Halloween 6. <laughs> the classic. Halloween. The classic. Underrated. When Michael was fucking jogging underneath that uh, <laughs> the underground thing or whatever, chasing that dude, I'm like, oh, hell no. They had to have seen that. There's no way they did not notice that. <laughs> that man was running. <laughs> that day on, if I was going somewhere, I was running. I can't. Um, but another thing I liked about this movie, too, which is very similar to Halloween, is a lot of the all right, so there's no blood really, if you think right. about that as well. Um, Halloween really didn't have any blood, and the kills weren't as gory. They weren't. It wasn't as like gruesome. Um, it was more of a theater of the mind situation again, like in Halloween, where they kind of leave things into, like you didn't see when he killed certain things, so you left it to people's reactions. So there, you had to create in your head what happened. And one particular scene I think of is um, <laughs> Mrs. Mack when alright, first of all, I love Mrs. Mack. Yes, hiding the models. She was hiding the models. She she had licks stored in every fucking part of that damn sorority house. She pulled one up from a toilet seat. She had one behind the damn bookcase. That was my girl. I said, go ahead, Miss Mack. Get your liquor and wine. And she was going, she even um mouthwashed with it. So she was brushing her teeth. And she pulled that shit right out, drunk it, and just start. I mean, it's basically the same thing. What's yeah. the fucking name of that mouthwash? There's some mouthwash that burns. Like, you got to dilute it. I don't remember the name of it. But I got it at a pharmacy here in Georgia. But it will burn. Never mind. I was going to say something <laughs> nasty. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you can, I mean, technically, it's still alcohol, right? Yeah, true. I was like, let me try that someday. Uh, but Mrs. Mac, her scene um, when she's going up there looking for Claude, her cat, for the second time. And we just see Billy holding the hook, shaking. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And when he like just swung it at her, you didn't even see it like hit her face. You didn't see it no. like hook once or nothing. You just know that it somehow got attached to her and she got lifted up and the way she was screaming and gargling it was just it just seemed like it was very painful you just heard it and I think it was super her. effective me too it was a fa- for the first time I saw it I thought he just hit her in the face and then just snatched her up in, into the <laughs> the, Look, the way he, she just flew up I was like I okay I guess that makes sense no I'm my imagine I'm just imagining that the hook just went straight on to her face or her neck mm. and hooked on and then he like pulled it and it yanked her up. 
and she's sitting there fighting for her life as she's like being hung by this hook. I don't know That's... about fighting for her life, child. She... <laughs> <laughs> she, she was just there. Yeah. God. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, again, theater of the mind. A lot of these scenes was that. Even the poor scene with um the the little girl. It was a very small part in this movie, but the girl, um, the high schooler that went missing, Janice, and mm-hmm. uh, obviously Claire dies in the beginning of this film, which was another creepy scene. Uh, but you know the father's there looking for her, and they're doing this search party for uh, the little girl Janice. And you know if Claire happened to be there, then sure. And they happen to find Janice's dead body. But we didn't see it. You just see the reaction to, you know, her mother's face and um, the person that filmed her. And you don't know what happened to her. You just know that she was found dead and everybody just reacted. So, again, this movie is just, it plays with your mind. You don't have to do too much. I mean, they don't have to do too much. And, um, you know, they work with what they have and they just leave it up to the imagination and it just works. And I miss that about movies because sometimes when movies show too much, it's kind of just like, eh. Okay, I don't hmm. become for terrified too right now. Don't do it. Uh, but this is a good example <laughs> of like what we were talking about when we were saying like it ranges from like they're not having to be any gore and horror to like they're being an extreme amount and it, there's room for both of them. Like right. this movie's perfect for like you get it by their reaction. You don't need to see what happens. Exactly. You know it. You know it's fucked up. Exactly. So I have a question for you. When was the first time you seen this film? Because for me, this was, I was late to this. I actually seen the remake before I seen this movie. And I'm mad that I waited so long. And when I, re- I remember when I first started watching, well, when I first watched this, I was decorating my house. But I wasn't really paying attention because I was busy decorating my house. I just wanted to have a Christmas horror in the background, but I wasn't really paying attention. And I should have put a, I should have put something on that I was familiar with. But when I actually sat down and watched this movie, it instantly became a fave, and I love it. So when was the first time you seen this? It was definitely late. Uh, now, I think I saw it before the remake, but it wasn't too soon before that. Um, I So the reason I like this is because um, I feel like other holiday movies, they are like really, it's like really on the nose. Like they're celebrating a lot of shit. And this movie, it just seems like a regular Christmas kind of movie. Like it's not too much going on. People just happen to be around each other during Christmas and weird shit starts happening. Right. And it's not like the remake. It's like very put on. Like this is Christmas. We're celebrating Christmas. We're doing all this shit and all that and all the music. This one, like you said, what was a silent night in the beginning? One of them songs. <sighs> yes. This opens with silent night and it just, it start for me, it started off creepy. It did. And I feel like this movie does not have a lot of musical scores. It almost seems like this is a bunch of sounds strung yeah. together and being used at different points. To like, almost like Paranormal Activity, even though this was well before that. Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of know something's coming based on, like, the weird piano tuning sounds and shit. Yeah. And it's like somebody just put all their force into the piano keys and it was just like, boom, <laughs> a lot of scenes. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's 
effective. It worked. <laughs> like the only music, I, well, other than Silent Night, Deadly Night, I'm thinking is the Christmas Carolers. And that was just, oh yeah, it was very reminiscent of something else. And I just only had one thing to say. So guys, if you haven't listened to our last episode, we talked about Gremlins, and Mike played this clip of poor, I ain't gonna say poor, because I hated that hoe. Mrs. Deagle, <laughs> when the Gremlins finally came for her, and she was being chased, and the way she was screaming, going up them stairs, took me out. And the way you Listen. kept playing it in the last episode, Mike, it had me cracking up, because that was like, that was a good scream. It was one of my, it's <laughs> one of my favorite screams of all time. <laughs> you know, it, her scream. <laughs> oh my gosh, why you do this? It wasn't like a one note scream. It had fucking levels. Like she went yes. up. And down and went back up. And, and there was something gurgly about it. Was. Her she did a great job. I didn't look her name up because she does a great scream. I wonder if she's been in other well, other horror movies. Yeah, we have to check it out. But that I'm was keeping great... that sound, by the way. I'm probably going to play it every episode from now on. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm dead. Like Mrs. Deagle. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm jolly because I wish I'd seen this a long time ago, like before the remake. But again, this is a new phase, and um, I even though I have more fun watching the remake, um, the 2006 right. version, not the 2019 version. Uh, and by the way, if you want to hear our thoughts on the um, 06 version, we have an episode on that from last year. Check that episode we out; do. a lot of fun. Check it out. Yes, and Agnes also makes an appearance in this movie as well. <laughs> well, actually not an appearance, but name drop. You hear Agnes' name a lot. Yes, but now that you say this, I'm wondering if, like, could we assume Agnes is still the sister in this original movie that you I, probably had? I think so, because when, I'm, when I was watching this movie, I was trying to put a story together with Billy. Because it seemed like he was telling a story when he was changing all his voices. Like, he was going back and forth between being, like, his mama and himself and Agnes being the child crying. So, I'm not too sure if he, like, molested her or he mm. um, was doing something in a, unappro- like, you know, inappropriate with her. And then he was mimicking his parents at the same time. Mm. It's like he was playing out a story that happened before. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and again, like he's talented because he could sit there and change his voice like back to back like that. So I do believe that Agnes is a sister in this movie here. And I think that was the inspiration for 06 where they was just like, all right, well, we think Agnes is the sister. So let's actually bring Agnes in uh, physically. It's just that they went overboard by making Agnes the, the sister daughter. <laughs> they didn't need to do all of that. The super saying like... First of all, why is your hair blonde? And why she's built like that? <laughs> I'll tell you right now, if I 
So Agnes, like if I go to sleep and I see an eyeball hovering above me, I am just. All right, you need to retire this. <laughs> Agnes was um, a scary broad. She was very scary. I said in a, um, in that episode of Black Christmas that I'm more scared of her than I am scared of Billy. Um, in that movie. Because... In that one, yes. Billy in this one scares the shit out of me. Yes. Yes, he is very scary. And again, we don't see him. We just see his eyes and we just hear him and we see the shadows. Um, but... No. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, so before we get, uh, you know, start talking about anything else with Billy, um, let's talk about some characters. So we have Jess, Olivia Hussey, Barb, who's uh, Margot Kidder. Well, Margot Kidder, who's Barb. Um, Andrea Martin, who plays Phil. Um, we have Mrs. Mack. We have Claire. We have Peter. We have Mr. Harrison. And we have the lieutenant, who's also the father from A Nightmare on Elm Street, who played Nancy's father, who is... um. Is it something Saxton? John Saxton. John Saxton. There we go. Who I'm convinced was a terrible police officer in almost every movie. And I only <laughs> can think of two right now. This one and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Andre, well, I guess Andre Warriors. Yeah, he was a trashy uh, op. <laughs> I mean, he tried, but... <laughs> and then also doing Billy's voice on the phone is Nick Mancuso, I believe it's pronounced, mm-hmm. or Mancuso. Yeah. Talented And that's a, a big part in in this the vo- the phone voice is a character in itself oh yeah definitely um so who is your favorite character because for one i love jess but my favorite character is barb Child I, think, day. I mean yeah because i'm gonna just give you my reasons why i love barb for one she's a drunk she likes to drink and <laughs> i like to drink two she likes to play jokes when they went inside yeah. that <laughs> fucking uh, police station and she gave that officer a fake um, what was it? address and she said it's fellatio is a new exchange FE and he really fell for that. I'm like, how the fuck you don't know what fellatio is? And she's sitting there looking yeah, at him like, I can't believe this motherfucker is falling for it. And we go back to that scene where John Saxton and the other guy who kept laughing. <laughs> I would have been that dude laughing in the background, cracking the fuck up. Because how can you be so stupid and so foolish? Who's to say? There are streets called Dick something. So who's to say Fellatio is not an address somewhere in the world? Now, he is a cop, so he probably should. And that's a small town, so he probably should know. Yeah. I There's no Google back then. So. There's not, but he seemed like he was a like a dippy cop anyway. It seemed like he wasn't that bright. He was a I'm, Dewey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he was a Dewey. <laughs> uh, but the cop, the other cop was just cracking up because it was just like, so... Because it was like, oh, do you know what this is? And he was like, yeah, fellatio. She gave it to me. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, stop. You're just <laughs> digging yourself into a deeper hole. Just stop it. Just stop it. <laughs> my favorite of her the part is when Billy is on the phone and he's saying the most like don't repeat <laughs> perverted <those>. shit yeah. <laughs> and she's like oh not bad right 
she's like, oh, stick your tongue in the socket. That will yeah. give you a charge. You know what's interesting about this? I noticed, because normally Slashes has some sort of sexual undertone in it. I didn't really get that from this movie at all. I just got that this is just a group of college women, a sorority in the house, and they're just some of them have real issues going on, and they happen to be getting sliced the fuck up by a, a crazy killer. It's not like, oh, he's peering through the window, and she's she's turning the knobs on her chest for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. But it's no nothing like that, or she's flicking her bean or whatever the fuck that saying is. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but no, you're right. I'm happy you brought that point up because in 06, it seemed like that's what it was. Like, remember that scene where um, one of the characters where she was taking a shower and mm-hmm. like Billy was looking from the floor? Yes. Kind of perverted shit like that. Like, that was unnecessary. <gasps> no! Uh-oh. Michael disappeared again. God damn it. I'll just wait here for him. In the meantime, guys, um, while Michael is working things out and trying to come back, I'm curious to know what is your favorite version of Black Christmas? Um, I'm sure Michael won't uh, put this in the episode, but in the meantime. Back, back, back. I was having a conversation uh, again. <laughs> I don't know what happened. The internet just went down. And um, yeah, but you were talking about how this was not as sexual of a movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you brought up a good point. It's not a sexualism of, of a movie. Like I was mentioning before in 06, um, there were some scenes in that movie where it's kind of like eh, unnecessary. And in this movie, the only thing that we get anything like sexual is when Billy is saying those perverted nasty things on the phone and those noises but shout out to Ryan brother Goo (laughs) Rose I and that's not to say that women can't be sexual in movies I just think there's a difference between fuck it I'm gonna say like a, a woman director maybe formulating that scene versus like a male director where it's just going to be unnecessary shit that maybe people don't really do right which is cool because a a a man made this movie and he a man a boy (laughs) (laughs) um and we don't get over sexualized women we got great women that's not really um i guess playing the victim they're pretty much hit strong they're very just like about their shit barb is a strong character jess is definitely a strong character is she uh we she is i mean listen first of all you see how she's talking to the men on here let me just give you one so this movie is also talking about you checking um, me child what's going on here (laughs) (laughs) because you're trying jazz and she started this shit. Um, but, so, for instance, we had the scene where a man, her boyfriend, is trying to tell her to do, what to do with her body. Mm. So we have the themes of abortion. Yes. And she didn't easily give in to his shit. She was like, 
all right, I'm getting an abortion and it is what it is. And he was upset about it. And she was like, girl, oh, well. Yeah. And when they true. met on the and when they met up and he like, all right, let's get married. And she's like, child, I'm not marrying you. She said, we <laughs> talked about our dreams and I told you what my dreams were and I still want to go for them. So the world doesn't stop just because you didn't get what you want. Exactly. I said, yes, Jazz, give it to him. I, in that she aspect, lay him out. Absolutely. She is fine in her aspect. But as for going against Billy, I mean, granted, this was the very end of the movie. So I mean, yeah. there wasn't much happening. But um, which, by the way, because <clears throat> I know what it was, what, 73, but in the United States, abortion was legalized. But I don't know about in Canada. And mm. I figure it's probably somewhere around the same time frame, give or take 10 or so years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just curious about that aspect of it. Like, what, like if it was technically if it was legal in canada or not basically what i'm trying to say in 1974 and if they were trying to add that element to it probably i should have did some research on that i thought it was 88 but i could be wrong which seems wild if we got it before they did yeah i feel like yeah i think for some reason they definitely got it before us Okay, historians um get on that please and and we'll look after this yeah we'll look (laughs) Um, but I do love Jess for that reason, because these women did not uh, let any man tell them what to do with their lives. And then also, um, again, she was that bitch. Like, he was like, I love you. And she was just like, I know. <laughs> she, again, Jess, she said, fuck these men. <laughs> you know, you're good for a good dick. And that's it. I'm, I don't want nothing to do with you. I don't think That's the vibe good. I got from her. I don't think it was good. I don't see Jess as a... She was with him for a reason. I don't see her with him for anything else. Dude, well, I'm not a college girl, but I'm just curious, is the sex good for women in college, or is that like pound town time, and then later down the line, sex gets better for them? Peter probably was throwing it down. It's always the crazy ones. You know what, you right. The fucked up people got the, you right. Mm -hmm. I take that back. It's always dumb. Yeah, you should know from experience. I... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i've not met a crazy one yet but the ones that have had the best there's been something a little off mm-hmm. and i've had to you know go through withdrawals and be like you just need to stay away or i stay away from you and i just stalk you from afar i don't need to be all up in your phone and shit right telling you to come over anyway exactly. <laughs> so jess so jess knew what she was doing and she probably was like you're here just for a good but and that's it. Like, I don't want nothing else from you. I don't want a baby by you. I don't want to marry you. I still got a whole bunch of life to live, baby. And if you want to be upset about you ruining your own uh, practice, then that's on you. Don't blame me. You don't own me. Don't try to change me in any way. You don't own me. Don't tie me down because I'll never stay. Um, also, Barb. All right, can I mention a scene? So when Mr. Harrison was on the phone talking to his wife and you see Barb in the background feeding this poor boy alcohol (laughs) and she was cracking the fuck up. You can just tell Barb was just trash and this little boy is sitting here just chilling and she's really feeding this boy liquor. (laughs) She's laughing. She's the fun auntie. She's a mood. That's who she is. Barb is the fun auntie. She is a mood. I love her so much. 
I also reviewed this movie on Bobby Likes a Spooky a few years ago, and I talked about that scene, and it's like one of my favorites because again, Barb is just that bitch. Um, it's just sad that the way she went out, but she went out glorious. Well, it was a cool kill. Mm-hmm. I think Billy what... might be my favorite, honestly. Seriously? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't a big Jess person. It was really hard for me not to picture her as like in Stephen King's it because I definitely saw that oh, yeah. before this. Um, but yeah, I just Billy is very intriguing to me. I think he's the most um, memorable thing about this movie. His eyes, his voice, his presence, even though he's not like there, is way more interesting to me than anybody in the movie. Okay, which is great because that's the thing about this movie is when, and that's why it's so effective because you can feel his presence even when you can't see him, like you said, like that one scene in the very beginning when he killed Claire and she was going to the closet. Oof. I knew he was in, I knew something was in here, but the way he shrieked and grabbed her mm-hmm. again, it was as many times as I watched this movie, I still get chills because I, even though I know what's going to happen. It's just something about that scene that just kind of just freaks me out. And you just know he's in there. You can't see him, but it's done very well. He's hidden somewhere in that closet and the way he just grabs her. He's like uh, a he's like a a wild cat, like a, a a cheetah or a jaguar or something. Like he quickly goes after you. Like when he's running late in that, that is the worst part of the movie for me. That shit made me very uncomfortable. But like with Claire, yeah, the just the really quick pounce, choke up, and he's like really aggressive and angry and shit while he's yeah. doing it. I wonder also because the men we don't really see the men get killed in this. No, so I wonder. Really I think besides? a cop is dead at one point. Oh, you're right. And then Jess obviously killed the boyfriend at the end. But I wonder if him murdering men is the same. If I remember correctly, I don't remember. Or is it just women he's very aggressive with when he kills them? It seems to be that way because I see this is where it gets confusing, and and or, this is another reason why I think Peter and Billy is working together in some weird way. Because they both have similar aggression mm. as far as when they get angry. Yeah. When Peter got angry, he starts slamming the thing on the piano. And even when he was, he was calling Justin, was crying, he sounds very similar to Billy. Mm-hmm. Um, also, when he left out and when the cops left and you see him come from behind that tree, the only cop out there at that time was the cop watching them. So, you're saying that Billy climbed back out the window to kill that cop and then went back in Billy to and go Stu. after the girls? Yep, Billy and Stu. There you go. They they were the original Billy and Stu before Billy and Stu. Mm. We just don't know that. It, I, I think that's a plausible um, theory, actually. Who's yeah, to say he Peter wasn't helping kill people? Who's to say? Yep. It, it makes a lot of sense. Maybe the phone calls. It also makes sense where at the end of the movie Ooh. where again Peter set up as a red uh, a red heron but because how the movie ends you obviously know that Peter's not the killer because Billy's still in the house which is a chilling scene but we'll get there but when he's looking for Jess in the basement after Billy chases her down there but she locks herself in the basement and Billy can't get in. He's like screaming and banging. Mm-hmm. That's a scary scene because the way he's just screaming. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, why are you screaming like that? 
But then Peter is outside calm. looking calm and collected. How do you know justice down there? First exactly. And two, why would you break in? Like, why would you bust the window and then jump in there like that? Why would you do that? He's terrible, Your Honor. He's really terrible. He, like it didn't make sense why he the way he entered it didn't at all even if i hear screaming if i heard screaming the type of screaming that was happening my response is not going to be as calm as his was yeah. peeking in also his face is just scary this is something off i don't know what it is it is um he has like what's that man from a clockwork orange he has like a face like that where it's just depending on his expression, is really fucked up looking. Are you talking about Malcolm McDowell? Yes. The, just this, like, really menacing presence in his, just the face. This is too much. So I didn't trust him. And quite frankly, girl, kill him? I don't know. I understood. <laughs> I completely understood. Yeah, she got him out of here. But yeah, I think them two were working together. And um, that's what it is. And I don't know what is, what is their relation because, I mean, we didn't get a, a sequel or anything, but I will say too. I think Billy also was the one that killed the little girl, Janice, mm-hmm. um, or, and then he just made his way to the sorority after the fact. Or it could have been Peter. Yeah, after his rage of what you know, what whatever when he lost that piano situation, he probably went out there and killed that poor girl. Um. So yeah, it, it, it's a lot of theories that we have here. <laughs> but I I think some of them are very um I guess what's the word I want to say I guess indescribable indescribable <laughs> <laughs> but they make sense you know like if you guys have theories that's listening to this like let us know because I feel like what we came up with makes a lot of sense I think so I think you hit the nail on the head okay which which is your favorite kill in the movie. Barb's. Agreed. I think I was gonna say Mrs. Max, but the thing I love about seventies uh movies is that the sound, even though the movie sounds old, but there's just something about the sounds when they scream, it just sounds very distorted and exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Um so that's why I like Mrs. Max kill. But I love Barb's because it was something very artsy and stylish about it. You have Jess out here <laughs> staring at these Christmas carolers <laughs> like she don't want to be there. You know, Barb is being... <laughs> it was the I perfect time. I was late. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Barb is being killed upstairs. And it's sad because Billy makes a, you know, he makes an entrance, you know, he makes an appearance in her room and she wakes up screaming and gasping and, you know, her asthma's acting up. And she's like, I had a nightmare about a stranger coming into my room. And then shortly after that, she's been killed. But the way she's being killed is with this ice unicorn and Billy's stabbing her with it. And you see the shot when she wakes up and he's on top of her. And you just see, like, the shadow of him holding. Fear. And that one eye just staring at her, like the light is on that one eye, and then the way he's stabbing her, it's something very artsy about it because it's happening in like a slow motion, and then you see 
above her bed these other ornaments mm-hmm. and the way her hand is like falling on it and it's like close up you obviously know what's happening but you don't really even you don't even see the unicorn um horn stabbing her too much you just see him stabbing her but it's the camera is showing other things like her hand hitting the ornaments and you know her um kind of like kind of like breathing up and down but you don't actually see the the unicorn horn penetrating her which I enjoy because again you don't need to see all of that and it's still very effective. So I think Barb's death is one of my favorites. I agree. I agree with everything you just said. It's just visually really great. It tapped into a fear of my like tonight I will be locking my door and checking the <laughs> closet. Um there's something about his eyes. It's like reddish almost in this movie. Yeah. And um which leads to okay, so all the girls are dead now, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have Jess calling out to everyone. Mistake. Girl. Ain't nobody answering. Just leave. But when she goes upstairs and sees them all dead, and then she looks mm-hmm. in the little crevice of the, the door. The crack of the door. The crack, yes. And you see his... That is... <laughs> that made me so nervous. Chills. Yes, that is scary. It's shit like that that's really scary because that could be anywhere. Like, I'm looking at my closet right now. You could just see, see like, maybe an eye just maybe popping out mm-hmm. staring at me. I'm like, you know, that's scary. Um, All right, so let me just rewind because I love that scene so much. So they are trying to, you know, find where the calls are coming from. They came in earlier. They tapped her phone just so every time the phone rang, it rings at the department and they can try yes. to, and she has to keep the, she has to keep Billy on the phone long enough so they can trace the call. And when they trace it, you know, Dewey is telling her, like, I need you to hang up the phone and walk out the house. Okay, I'll get Barb and Phil. No, don't go get them. I'll Just go out. And she doesn't listen. This is where I want to fight, Jess. Because I understand those are your friends. But if a police officer is telling you for a reason to hang up the phone and walk out the house, then I think you should do it because there's something in your house. Common sense. But she drops the phone. <laughs> I'm just like, they're not answering you. Leave the house. I blame Dewey as well because you could have just told me, girl, that he was in the same house and I wouldn't have stayed up in here. But they told her not to they told him not to tell her that. So he wasn't supposed to tell her that. Well, why the hell not? Because it was gonna frighten her and make her panic even more. And then when he did it, and the way he screamed and did it, it did it was pretty frightening for me too because if I'm just on the phone, somebody's screaming at me like the call's coming from inside the house and I'm just like, Okay, I'm I'm getting the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. So just she got balls for going up there and trying to save her friends. I give her props. At the same time, she still shouldn't have done that because girl It was you, stupid. Okay. It was. Because nobody's answering. That means nobody is home. And so you need to leave. Well, she tried. So after the scene where she sees Billy in the between the door, which was creepy, you she slams the door on him. Try to run down the steps. She try to open the door. She can't get it, so she tried to run the other way. And the way he pulls her by the hair and yank her back, 
why he's screaming and all that, I'm just like, yo, this is very intense. She gets back up. She goes in the basement. She locks the door. He's like banging on the door, trying to open it, screaming, just going off. Like that scene is just, ooh, I'm getting chills right now. Tell what we did, Agnes. I don't, I, yeah, I'm trying to think if I think that's scarier than Michael, like a Michael or some other silent killer who doesn't make any noise when they're coming after you. Because yeah. I think both are equally scary in a different way, but like the screaming will like disorient me while I'm trying to do Same. It's like when you're trying to find something in your car, you got to turn the radio down. That's what it would, yeah. I wouldn't be able to think. Yeah, that would have heightened definitely my, um, my uh just me being scared because like you said it's a distraction and i feel like while that screaming especially if it's getting closer and you're chasing after me that would definitely make me start fumbling and fucking up and just mm -hmm. whatever so um shout out to jess because at least she made it out alive well most part we think so Ooh, and um i don't think she did ain't nobody um, coming to help her which was another stupid decision so let's talk about the end of this movie so after you know she kills peter because she thinks peter is the killer um which rightfully so because i mean he was fucking creepy even to that point at the end when he was looking for her which we already explained and she screams and you know the detectives and all of them come and they find jess passed out with peter dead on her lap so then it cuts to a scene where she's laying in bed um apparently she's knocked out they gave her something where she's gonna be knocked out for like four hours and, <laughs> and you know, you got paparazzi and all those people outside, news reporters or whoever they are out there. You don't see it, but you hear them talk about it. And they talk about the dead bodies going to the morgue, pretty much just setting all of that up. And Mr. Harrison, um, he faints. He's like in shock, they say. So when he goes into shock and he faints, for some reason, everybody leaves the room to get him out. One of the cops turn off the light that the room Jess is in and they leave her by herself and there's only one cop watching that whole entire house outside the house and th another inspiration to Halloween took um, while you know when he cuts off the light and stuff the camera moves to different rooms yes like, like at the end of Halloween where you see the different rooms that all the places Michael Myers has been mm -hmm. and it's kind of similar in this movie but then you actually notice that Billy is still up in the attic with a dead with two dead bodies, Mrs. Mac and Claire. So I said this in my review on YouTube that what the fuck is up with these cops? When this stuff like this happened, you're supposed to do do a thorough investigation in that whole entire house. How the fuck you do not check the attic? There's clearly an <laughs> attic there. See, okay, so I agree with that, but I'm gonna play devil's advocate. Because I do think that this movie sets the men up to be aggravating or incompetent in some way, mm -hmm. which sometimes which is, is very, very true. Um, I would think they would take it to the station, honestly. But 
Right. Let's put that to the side. Um, no, I can't play devil's advocate. I don't really have a reason. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Okay. I was waiting. Okay, maybe they didn't. So maybe they didn't realize that this person has been like in the house, holed up, and keeping bodies up in the attic. Because who really goes? I don't think anybody else went in the attic. The whole movie it was just Claire and uh, Mrs. Miss Matt. Right. Yeah. So if if in her mind the person is just in the house and they're running around. Maybe they didn't go in the attic at all. Granted, they should have checked the attic. Yeah. But um They checked the basement for and found just there. So why can't you check the attic? Well the thing there's was broken. dead body. All right, there's dead, but you have a missing person, which is who is clear. So if you know there is a killer in the house and you think it's Peter and you got two dead bodies in the bedroom mm-hmm. and you got a missing person. So let's not check the rest of the house just in case he might have killed clear by chance because we can't find her they still think mrs mac is away on a trip or something so that's understandable but well claire's claire's only been she hasn't been gone long enough for it to be a missing person yet and um it's been almost 24 hours at that point it was 24 hours oh she didn't start thinking at that point how long did it take for bodies to smell i don't know i don't know um i see it was 24 hours but also i could see thinking you got the killer because she assumes he was the killer. Why would she assume it would be anybody else at that point? Right. Um, so I, I guess that's their way of explaining it. It still seems crazy to me. I damn sure ain't staying there by myself after that. Hell no. So, Hell no. But you know, they may do it different in Canada. I don't know. Well, Canada, if that's how y'all do things, then y'all need that big thing. But... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Regardless if you think you got the killer, there's still somebody missing. And I think y'all need to check every part of the Dan house. Regardless if you think you got the killer. And I, I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So, yeah. So that was a fuck up. And then also, again, leaving Jess in the house by herself. She mm-hmm. should have been taken to the station. Or the hospital. Because normally in situations like this, they be taken to the hospital. I mean, she did pass out. So, she passed out. She killed a person. Like, take her to the hospital. The hospital might be. A, Why are you giving her drugs yeah. and keeping her there? And what drugs did they give her? To be knocked out for four hours. You know what? It may not even be Peter. It may be all the men in this town working together with Billy. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> that doesn't make any damn sense. That would explain a lot, actually. Because <laughs> she did not survive this. If she's knocked out for a few hours. And there's one cop outside. She don't really seem like she got that much fight in her to begin with. But knocked out at the same time, he's going to choke her out. And that's just the end of the movie. Yeah. But it's left to, it's left being open-ended because you don't know. You know? It it ends with just the view of the house with the cop outside and you just hear the phone ringing as the credits is going up. No music, no sound effects, just Credits and the phone ringing because you know it's Billy on the other line. And that just sucks. There's just the scariness for me right there. Like, that was just the way it just, again, this film is already dreadful. So, for it to end that way, it's just very chilling to me. 
And I just, this is one of the best endings to me. It's only like my top five. It is because it's haunting. And I think horror films need to take notes in regards to how to make, they need, I think they rely too much on jump scares or, or just some over the top kind of ending. You can do something very subtle and it'd be very effective. And this is a prime example of that. Exactly. Literally a phone call. Literally a phone call, and that's all because you know again who it is, and you know exactly who's on the you know other side of that. And you know that was the base of the whole movie is just Billy calling this you know house and just terrorizing these girls. And I'm assuming he he was using Mrs. Mac phone because they did say that the house mother has a different phone line mm. than the rest of the house. So I'm assuming he's just sneaking up in her room using her phone. Well, how he knows the number, right? How he <laughs> knows the phone Ms. number there. Unless Miss again Peter, mm. they're working together. I'm telling you, you bringing up, us saying it's basically kind of like the scream killers. Them working together. Now that I'm thinking about it, Peter is reminding me of Billy, except it's not him wanting Sydney to keep a baby. It's him trying to get her to have sex with him. And to mm-hmm. me, those are not the same thing, but I see kind of like parallels with those two characters. Right. Because he was getting frustrated. Mm-hmm. And then I guess Billy's just his partner that just cuckoo bananas. And... It's that Stu. <laughs> At least Stu was dating somebody in that friend group, though. He was dating Tatum. Mm. Billy has no connection with none of these girls. So we thought. That we know of. Yeah, that we know of. <laughs> but I loved it. But yeah. Same year. Four out of five. Christmas. Mine's too. I gave it a four. Actually, I gave it a four and a half out of a five. Okay. Yeah, I love this movie. I gave it a four and a half out of five on my letterbox because it's great. Like what we discussed, it's not gory. It's not really graphic, but they did what they could do. They used what they had in the 70s, especially in the early 70s, to terrify us, and it worked. And this literally is set the I guess this was pretty much the blueprint for Halloween and all those other um slashers we got in general. Not even just Howdy Hard, but a lot of slashers. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Um so it definitely influenced a lot of horror movies because I'm noted like we said the Halloween Halloween parallels. I'm definitely noticing parts of Scream. Now, whether it's directly influenced, I don't know, but I'm definitely seeing elements of this movie in other movies that came after. Right. Yeah, 100%. Um, it, you know, the stasher genre is a, a tough genre now because everything seems to be the same and we're everything just seems very familiar. We're so used to everything. And I will say we're desensitized now because we've done seen everything. We had so many slashers now, and we just want somebody new and something new. But that's why we, we like art now. Most of us like well, art. Well, what's the subgenre we think is coming next? Because, like, the 2000s was what? Paranormal? Paranormal, yeah. We had zombies. And, it was all zombies. Slashers kind of made. I mean. Yeah, Slashers, we hit that remake boom for a moment with mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw, Halloween, Nightmare, Friday. So those are Slashers, but I don't know because those also was like super remakes. Oh, yeah. 
Wait a minute. So, found I wonder footage. right now, do you think found footage would make the is trying to make a comeback? I don't know. I think they can doing it right, and that's another one where doing subtle things is better. Because I was watching Hell House, LLC two and three, mm-hmm. and there definitely were moments in those where I was like, "Ain't no fucking way." But it was small moments. Bitch, there was a scene where I don't remember which movie it was, but they were <laughs> they shut themselves in the dark room, or it was a room, and they put the dresser up against the door. And then all of a sudden the lights all go out. And they're like shuffling around like, okay, we gotta we gotta figure out how to get the light on from the camera. We need it on so we can see shit. So I think you could see like um the night vision or something. Or the light from the camera. It's the light from the camera. But it's the camera's facing the door, which is open now. And you just see a face peering out the corner, but like at a lower level. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yes, yes. <laughs> I would have y'all would have to leave me because I wouldn't even be able to move. Heart attack. No, I would have had a heart attack right there. Ain't no window to jump out of in this house, which this is nothing to do with Black Christmas. I'm just saying. <laughs> Look, I think you and I would be definitely jumping out those windows. <laughs> Fuck the heck. I'm jumping out windows. I don't care if I get scratched up by the glass and cut up and maybe, you know, break a leg. I'll adrenaline will still be going. I'll make a way. Mm-mm. I'm jumping out of windows. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was Black Christmas. I give it a four and a half. You said you give it a four. And I would say, would you like to see this be remade? But it's been remade two times already. And uh, It's been remade once. And um, <laughs> yes. it's not even that I dislike the 2019 movie. I just, it's that thing where if you name a movie something, it just, it, it, yeah. It, it should have forces been called something people, else. Yeah, it forces people to like compare it and then be like, ooh, I don't like it. It's kind of like um, Child's Play. I like the Child's yeah. Play remake, but I know a lot of people right. didn't like it, and it's probably because it was called Child's Play. Yeah. I Same here. I like the Child's Play remake. I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, yeah, the way Chucky looked was a little odd, but I did like the concept of that movie. I liked Aubrey Plaza. I think I thought she was great. And I just felt like that movie ended too soon because when the shit was popping at the end, I wanted to see more of that. Yes. And it just ended too quick. And um, but we're, we're getting Megan, so we'll see what happens with that movie. Because <laughs> that's original. That's Maybe sweet. dolls. Maybe the doll genre is coming back. I can see that. You know? All right. Yeah. So we're going off topic. Yes. Again. <laughs> so yeah, that was Black Christmas. Like I said, I give it a four and a half. You give it a four, and I'm excited. Um, that this movie is still finding a new appreciation for uh new horror fans around the world. I, I, like every time people talk about watching this movie for the first time, I get excited because it's never really negative thoughts I get feedback on, you know, from. Um, mm-hmm. even when I look on Letterbox, like I was looking on my friend's Letterbox today to see what they gave this movie, and a lot of them gave it a four or five. Like, I never, like, this movie is not really getting low scores. But movies like this are very effective. Just because it's old doesn't mean it's not scary. Like, this movie still freaks me out. And I've seen some scary shit, but this movie still freaks me out. Mm-hmm. It's very effective. I got an attic right by my bedroom door, too. Mm. Just, mm. I got one in my closet. Oh, no. But it's not that I've never been up there. It's just, like, one of those open, like... Open. I've never been. 
well, it's not open, but it's like if you open it, you can go up there and it's, I don't even think it's an attic. It's just like an open space in the ceiling, but it's not big enough to be an attic. Oh, um, but you can open it and close it. But I've never been up there to look see what was in, what's so. In there. I had my oh. friend look up because I wasn't about to do it. Um, <laughs> so it, like that, I think it's. I don't think it's a space you can go walk up and walk around in it. But just like baby shit up there, and mm. in my head I was like, oh, I'm not doing this. I don't yeah. know who shit that is up there, but it needs to be gone. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, I don't want to disturb it because I don't know what's going to happen if I move shit. So, yeah, you never know. Mm. I'm scared to look and see what's up in mine. The so. grudge fucked addicts up for me. I'm sorry. Because no after that, no. Now, that was a that was a time period when that's another <laughs> episode we can talk about those movies on because the grudge and the ring, all those movies at that time, this was they were getting me out of here. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of episodes, our next episode is going to be, I'll give you a hint. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Alfrey Water did when she found out that her boy can talk. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be happy with the life you've chosen. Well, I am happy with the life I've chosen, you little bitch. <laughs> We will be talking about Scrooge on our next episode. One of the best Christmas movies ever born. Uh, and yes, it's te- it could be a horror movie. Oh yeah, I fight people every year about um, Scrooge being a horror movie because the uh, Christmas Carol itself is just scary. So for it to be adapted um, into this version and with Bill Murray and then you have these ghosts, which some of them look scary. And um, there's some horror elements in this movie as well, which I I enjoy a lot. And I never get tired of Scrooge. Mm-mm. So I can't wait to talk about this with you. Because this is my first time, like, discussing this movie with you. So I'm curious to know if we're going to find the same exact parts really funny. You um, know, I haven't seen it in a minute, so I'm excited to watch it. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can't wait. It's so good. <laughs> Well, that will be our episode today. Well, yes, today. We hope you enjoyed. Let us know what you think of Black Christmas 1974. Um, I guess and let us know what you think about the remakes as well. And go listen to our uh, 2006 remake episode. Um, if you want to talk some shit to or about me, I am at Thackeray Banks 86. I've given Sydney a break. But I'm I'm getting the itch to start again since we're getting a screen trailer. Oh God! Oh yeah, you should be getting it tomorrow. But we're we're recording this today, so by the time this episode come out, the trailer should already be out. And Jeremy and Mark, I can't, she won't be in the movie, and I'm so excited. <laughs> All right, so I'm Bobby because I'm not gonna. <laughs> this is about to be a war. Um, so I'm Bobby Torres with a Z, not an S. And you can find me there on Instagram and Twitter talking shit as well with Michael. And um, yeah, if you guys have any thoughts and things like that about our show, please rate and review our show. Again, give it five stars on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and review it. Let us know what you guys think about our show. Go ahead. It's, it doesn't need to be a long review. I'm not looking for you to be Cisco and Ebert, okay? Just let us know your thoughts. 
-hmm. your critiques, your likes, your loves, your hates, and um, all that all that jazz. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and if, if not, be... you will be getting an obscene phone call. <laughs> 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 Oh my god! Pretty pink, pink, pink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not seeing that. Word. Oh my god! So I was oh. watching the um behind the scenes, and they were saying that that was not what was being played in that scene when they were filming it. So when they went to watch it in the theater, like the actors was like, "This is a lot worse than <laughs> I thought it was going to be." Well, yeah, because they were just chilling, listening to. I, I forgot to mention this, but them girls were just sitting here chilling, listening to those call, like that call. Like they weren't expressive when he was saying those graphic things. So mm -hmm. you can take it as one that they're used to it. So they're just like, all right, what well, he's going to say this time. I can see that. Or two, like what you said, they when they recorded this, it was something else and they didn't know what they were going to hear. And then post production, after they heard everything, they're like, hold the fuck up. We probably could have reacted a lot worse than this, you know? Very interesting. Okay, before we go on too many tangents, all right. Thank you for joining us again. If this is your first time, go ahead and give us a few listens on a, another... I can't talk, y'all. I'm tired. On some past episodes. And uh, share. Tell your friends. Share us like the videotape from The Ring. Yes. Have a good night. <laughs> night.